good evening. Welcome back to Tiger Talk on this Wednesday night, a snowy Wednesday. So things have been a little bit on the quiet side as far as athletics are concerned. Fortunately, it came on a Wednesday, so not a lot of uh, ball games were affected tonight. Uh, tomorrow, we'll just have to wait and see, uh, including our scheduled matchup for Nevada Tiger Wrestling and the uh, assembly match tomorrow against Warsaw. Uh, tomorrow afternoon at 1.30. Uh, Tony Abate will be talking more about that with uh, head coach David Hawks coming up on the next segment here on Tiger Talk. We'll just have to wait and see if we're going to be able to broadcast that tomorrow night. Obviously looking a little bit bleak, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens overnight as far as the snow and getting things cleared away. At any rate, we're going to talk about Nevada Tiger basketball with head coach Sean Gray on this segment. Nevada is sitting at uh, 15-3 and three now, 1-1 one one in the last week. Uh, took one a little bit on the chin last Friday at Carthage and then uh, winning big last night in their matchup against the Monday Cubs. They got back into uh, Big 8 West play. So, Sean, we're going to go back kind of uh, compared to what we've been doing, kind of a light schedule over the last week and uh, and looking ahead, just one game in the next week. Uh, that'll be on Friday night. But uh, let's kind of go backwards a little bit and uh, we'll, let's, we'll kind of get that negative stuff out of the way early. That being the card this game on Friday and uh, – a team that you beat handily early in the season knew that it was going to be a little bit different version of themselves uh, since they had just come off their football season when you saw them. But again, uh, probably a lot like the East Newton game, one of those that uh, you wouldn't mind playing again. It just uh, just didn't go well for you on Friday in that uh, 53-43 loss. Yeah, it was a, it was a frustrating game in several aspects, Mike. We offensively, I don't think that we were real hard to guard. Um, you know, we were pretty stagnant, uh, too much standing around and, and that's, you know, that's on me. I've got, I've, I've got to shoulder most of that. I've got to make sure, especially early on in a game that if that's the case, that, that, uh, I do a good job of getting us into stuff that's going to give us longer possessions and make us harder to guard. Then I think we allowed, you know, that being said, we had some opportunities around the basket guys who normally finish, didn't finish couple times I think we probably got fouled. The whistle did not blow. And then we allowed that frustration from missing some shots we normally make, not getting some foul calls. That frustration settled in and started to snowball a little bit, and it carried over onto the defensive end of the floor where we really were just too lackadaisical, too reactionary, uh, didn't talk, didn't weren't, weren't proactive, anticipatory on the defensive end. And then it allowed guy, you know, some of their guys, uh, uh, Patrick Carlton, who's really kind of a role player for them, to get some easy baskets around around the paint. Um, just lost the three point shooters a couple times. And again, when you allow a team that is athletic, that does have some nice pieces, the way that Carthage does, to hang around with you, uh, when you allow them to to have some hope and have some belief, and then you combine that with the fact that they had a nice crowd. Again, it was a homecoming, um, and, and and then. Some unfortunate things happened late third, early fourth for us. Uh, it, it really became just too much for us to overcome at the end. They had uh, some good individual performances. Well, number one, Joel Pugh, 13 points, led the way. But he only had one field goal. He just repetitively got to uh, got to the free throw line. And that was, I think, self-inflicted. That was most of our own doing, Mike. And um, You learn at an early age, we teach kids not to foul jump shooters because most jump shots – you know, are going to be in the mid 30s to high 40 percentile range. And most guys shoot free throws at a much higher clip than that. So, unfortunately, we got called for a foul on a jump shot, which maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but we put ourselves in the position where the whistle blew. Then again, some of that frustration set in. Well, there were there were a couple of technical fouls that say what you want. Maybe they should have been, maybe they shouldn't have been. But again, we never should have put ourselves in the position uh, to where the officials – 
could 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 air on either side of, of the ledger there. And hats off to to the Pew kid, uh, just a sophomore, to step up uh, in a in a close game and to just bury free throw after free throw. And that was pretty clutch for for a young kid to do. And uh, that really put us in that hole that was too much to overcome. Well, you mentioned it was a frustrating night. It was really kind of, it was a chippy game. Uh, both sides were doing some stare downs and things like that. Which you know, say what you will about that, but uh, it wasn't just unavailable. Martini did it a couple of times. Uh, it just kind of a really chippy ball game. We've got a group of young men that we've been really pleased with throughout the year. Haven't let a lot of that stuff get to them. Have not fed into that and, and kind of let the waters get muddied and, and, and dip their toe in it, so to speak. Uh, unfortunately, I thought on Friday night we did that. We we took part in, in some of the, the back and forth, uh, some of the talking. And, again, we allowed officiating, the physical play. I think our mind got – got a little muddled up in some of that thing and again that's on me mike i've got to realize that earlier Uh, i've got to nip that in the bud make better use of some timeouts to get our frame of mind in the right place um and you know uh, this has been a group and we've had groups in the past that i think at times uh, letting them weather the storm together letting them work things out on the floor together has had its merits has had its benefits friday night was not one of those nights and in in, in in the future I've got to do a better job of making sure our mind's in the right place so that things that transpired Friday night just don't happen. It was actually a good start for debate on Friday. You got off to a 16-9 lead, 10 points for, for Logan Applegate, two threes that he hit uh, right away, and uh, things seemed to be really rolling well. But after that point, only four field goals by the varsity. And then we got one late from uh, Owen Swearingen when in mop-up time. But only after the first quarter, only four field goals by the varsity unit. So it just became uh, tough, to get, tough to get buckets. It did, and you could tell – Early on, there was an emphasis on not allowing us to to have easy looks from the three-point line. And then especially as the game went along, Mike, I thought that Logan McNeely and Logan Applegate both were just keyed on extremely hard uh, from the perimeter. And when we did get some open looks, Logan McNeely knocked a big one down in the second half for us. But other than that one, we just didn't get the quality looks that we're used to getting. And when we did get them, they were few and far between, and we just weren't able to convert. Well, uh, Devaney took the loss, fifty-three, forty-three, and and that's one of those where you know, you know, I guess when you sit in the locker room afterwards, there's a little bit of self-reflection. Uh, uh, it took you a little longer to get upstairs than normal to do it for post game, which I expected, uh, because there, that's a that's a game where you kind of have to do a little soul searching, I guess. Yeah, and you've really got to look in the mirror, uh, myself included, us as a whole, and and really, you know, how did we get to where we got? Uh, what transpired, and how do we make sure that we don't have to go through that again um, and I think kind of where we settled was success is earned and you know the Carthage is a perfect example because we played them early in the year and you can say what you want about football rust and, and whatnot but the Carthage tournament was a week was later than normal so they had their full squad of guys and then they maybe were a little rusty but we earned a big win against them we earned some really big wins throughout the year when we have earned and how did we earn those? What did we do? And then in games, there's there have been some games in the last two or three weeks, maybe we've won, maybe we've lost, but we haven't been the best versions of ourselves, and we haven't done the things that earned us success early in the year. And just understanding that you have to do the little things. The game of basketball doesn't give you anything. You really have to earn it. And this group really responded to that message, Mike, a good day of practice on Monday, and then 
what we saw from these guys last night. They understood that some nights you can come out and just get a win or you can win a game the way that you're supposed to by earning it and, and, and was really pleased to see our group back on track last night. He did have that 48-22 win against them. The big thing was holding them to 22 points in that first meeting. Uh, they obviously did not play well, but the defense for Nevada was a big part of that, as you just said. Could you sense in the rematch on Friday that uh, they were targeting that game on Friday in the rematch with Nevada? I think so. I think anytime you get a rematch with a team that's already beat you, you're, there's extra motivation there mm. to, to right some wrongs and to get that bad taste out of your mouth. And you could you could tell early that it was it was a group that was a little more inspired than the group that we played um, in, in the Carthage tournament. And in the Carthage tournament, we were able to frustrate them early, and it never left. Uh, that frustration mm. was was with them throughout the game. And then I thought the tables shifted a little bit, especially through the second quarter and into the second half. Well, put that one behind us, and in fact, they did. As if you were at the Wynn Gymnasium or watched on the Vedamo TV or listened on radio or the audio stream, you saw Nevada come out and uh, with a vengeance uh, last night. It happened to be Monette. They got to catch that uh, when Nevada came out with uh, guns ablazing, twenty-one to nine in the first quarter, forty-two to eighteen at halftime. Nevada goes on to win at sixty-seven thirty-four. And we talked about it on post game last night. Uh, your team appeared to be coming out to, to prove a point early on, and just had to be Monette on the floor with them. They did. They took that message of earning everything you get to heart, and we just—I thought we for big stretches, Mike, were really a good version of ourselves. Defended hard, got several turnovers that led to transition buckets. On the offensive end, you know, Logan Applegate had the hot hand early, but really ran offense that made us hard to guard, which got us several trips to the free throw line and also got uh, our our really good scores, really good scoring opportunities. Logan, as you said, came out hot hand, four threes in the first quarter of play. He went through a stretch there in the middle of the season earlier a couple weeks ago where he really wasn't looking to score that much. He has been much more aggressive scoring here lately. And, boy, he's got that hand like he had last night in the first quarter. He's so fun to watch. He's a special player, Mike, that he could go out and, and get – have, and he's had nights where he scored 20-plus, 30-plus – um, but he knows for us to be at our best, we need to be a balanced team. And he is never out there looking to, to get his, so to speak, and, and is not worried about how many points he scores. And he's a special passer, uh, incorporates his teammates well. But he's got the ability to shoot it from deep. He's got the ability to shoot it from mid-range. And then also with his quickness is able to get to the basket. I think he probably knew with a couple of our leading scores out during the first quarter that, that he would need to carry a little bit of the scoring load. And again, the five guys that started the game did a good job of running good offense, being hard to guard to where the, the defense couldn't just key on Logan. They they had to guard everybody, and then he took advantage of that fact and, and knocked down some big shots for us. As you said, a couple of guys uh, on the bench, again, uh, Logan Benini, Dalton Gaiman, because of the uh, the technicals they got on Friday night at Carthage, so they came in to start the second quarter. So that meant you started Grant Miller and Matthew Thorpe in the ball game last night. Thorpe was seven first quarter points. Uh, Miller did his thing that he does defensively, and uh, both of them gave you great minutes last night. They did. We're really proud of those guys. Uh, Four-year seniors that worked their tail off and and, you know, I, I didn't think we skipped a beat. You know, and any time you have guys like, like Dalton and Logan not in the lineup, you're, it's a different complexion, you're a different ball club. But the little things don't have to change. Defending the right way, running offense the right way, cutting, setting screens, 
valuing the basketball, and there was no drop-off on, on either side of the basketball, and we're really, really proud of the efforts that those two gave us. Dalton, 20 points. Applegate had 20. Uh, Dalton, uh, of, as of, no, of note on that, is he got it in two quarters. He didn't play the fourth. He didn't play the first. That's, that's really <laughs> tough to do. And, you know, on, on teams that are competitive and, and when you have players who score and then you have players on teams where coaches don't leave them in in games where the, the score gets out of hand, I think it's, it, it speaks to, to, to those guys' efficiency when they're able to get the job done like that. And Noah Cheney contributed his 10, second time he's been in double, season, double figures this season. He had two trays in the second quarter. It was, a, it was, kind of, it was a little bit entertaining to watch. Uh, he was able to just stand there and hold it, and it was like they were daring him to shoot, and he finds, okay, I'll just hit it. And he did twice. <laughs> yeah, Noah's a very capable shooter from the perimeter. And one thing I think, successful teams are made up of players who all know their role who embrace it and understand that if they're really good at their role then the team as a whole is really good and in games where we've had our biggest wins and we've been the best versions of ourselves all five guys have played their role to a t noah again is a guy who he knows we don't always need him to score double figures but on nights when teams don't guard him hard enough he's able to step up and do that and and last night was no different and, and really proud of the way he's been shooting the ball lately 62-32 62-32 after three quarters, 67-34 ended up being the final. Nevada getting win number 15 on the year in 18 starts, 15-3, and 3-1 and one now in the uh, Big 8 West Division. Out of the victory last night, notable victory last night as well, and uh, I promise you this is the last time I'll mention it, but uh, your 100th uh, career win as head coach for the uh, Nevada Tigers and uh, and four and a half years getting that done, and uh, uh, I'm sure you had a little bit of reflection time on that after we talked about it last night on post game, and uh, I put the tweet out and they got a ton of likes on it, so people certainly wanted to make note of it. And uh, uh, and uh, while I know you're willing to sh- and always wanted to share those accolades, it's still a monumental number to get to in four and a half seasons. Thanks, Mike. And we may have to check the math. I don't. For some reason, I think I've been here five and a half years. So we may oh, okay. Maybe we may is. have to go back and yeah, look I don't at know. it. But I'm re- going off another source on that, so I don't know. Maybe re- it's five and a half. Regardless, we've had exceptional basketball players here, and when you have really good players who who play their tails off, and then then the wins come with that. So we're really proud of the success that our teams have had um, over the last you know four, five, six years, and. Uh, you know, there's no reason for that not to continue. We've we've got young men that continue to work hard in our program, uh, a good group of juniors, sophomores, freshmen, and then as I haven't got to watch them a ton, but our seventh and eighth grade programs continue to be competitive. We've got good coaching down there and, and young men that buy in. So I, we really, really think that we can continue the tradition, Nevada Tiger basketball being a very competitive program and uh, hopefully continue to have a lot of success. Yep, and you may be right on that because uh – I was thinking back my because my son was uh, was playing. He would have. Uh, I was. I think that was John's last year. Yep. That's right. And uh, he's been out. Uh, I'll see four or five. Yeah, he's been out out of college five and a half years. Or he's been out of college a year and a half. So yeah, it'll be five four plus one and a half. Right. Yeah, you're I, right. Five and a half. Yeah. One way I remember it is Clay's freshman year was when yeah. we started, and right. then four, yeah, and then last year was five. Now, yeah. So that. That's yeah. kind of a. So I apologize for being on. No, I, I actually depended on another source on that, and I'll, I learned my lesson. Well, <laughs> you're you're the source to go to for everything, Mike. So we we've got it right now. That's the main thing. Absolutely. So, but anyway, still an impressive number. 100 wins. Uh, 100 wins. 50 losses. So, uh, in his uh, career, we're looking for win number 101. 
on Friday night when Nevada takes on the uh, Cassville Wildcats on courtwarming night on a very busy night as this Friday at Wynn Gymnasium. Hopefully all the roads have cleared off to where Cassville can make the trip. Uh, it's supposed to be a pretty warm day on Friday, so hopefully that shouldn't be a problem. We'll come back. Actually, we're not going to come back. We're going to move ahead and talk about Cassville as the, the Wildcats come in on Friday night. And uh, your only game in the next week, so you, you focus all your attention on that. And uh, let's talk about the Wildcats, who kind of took one on the chin last night against East Newton. Sounds like they were in the game against the Patriots, uh, from what you were telling me. And then uh, East Newton just kind of poured it on the second half. Cassville's a team that Coach Millison, we saw them in the Jamboree at, at Seneca early in the year, and really excited about the group that he had back. Thought it was going to be the, the deep, this is his fifth year there, the deepest group that he has had up until this point. They returned three starters from last year's team. Um, they're, they're led by DJ White, who is a standout on the football field, very athletic player on the basketball court who – if, if you guard him one-on-one and, and just stay out on an island, he can attack the basket. He's worked on his three-point shot, can knock some shots down. So it will be key for us to limit him and, and to to have help defense to where he's not a guy that can just continue to get them bucket after bucket or get to the free throw line. After that, they return two other starters, Carson Roller and, and Jared Wallace, who are good shooters from the perimeter. We'll have to run them off the line, make turn them into playmakers. Um, they've been in a lot of ball games, Mike, where you look at the halftime score, they've either got a lead or it's a one-possession game, similar to the East Newton game last night. And then for whatever reason, they've had some trouble finishing games, closing games out in the second half. It will be another situation where we will have to do the little things the right way. Uh, we'll have to come out and, and assert ourselves, be hard to guard offensively, get the job done on the defensive end, take away D.J. White. If we do that, Mike, we'll have success. But – uh, if we're lethargic and, and give them a chance, they're a good enough ball club they can hang around till the end. Haven't seen you really use much uh, in the way of what uh, we call junk defenses, uh, trying on twos, boxing ones, uh, things like that. Is when you talk about a player like uh, DJ White, is that something that uh, that could come into the mix with some of the defenders that you've got? We that's always something that we have in our back pocket, Mike. Um, you know, last year against Trent Smith and Carl Junction, uh, earlier this year against uh, the Abreu kid from Willard. Um, we have we have implemented some of those things with success. Uh, we've got a one three chaser look that we kind of like, and, and 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 every now and then a triangle and two look that we like. So I think that's definitely something uh, to have at our disposal. But we also feel like we have five guys that can all defend at a high level, um, and that we can help one another uh, if we need it, and then recover back to our guys. So that's not something we will rely on, but that's definitely something that we'll have in our in our pocket in case we need it. Cassville, for the record, 6-13 and 13 on the season, uh, coming off their loss uh, to East Newton. So uh, when we take a look at uh, – I was just trying to pull up a comparison here real quick. When we take a look at the comparison scoring-wise, uh, you can usually tell a bit about offensively when you take a look at these things. But uh, average-wise, they're right along with you uh, in points per game. You, know, you average 57 points a game. They average 57.5. So they do have the capability, it looks like, offensively to put some points on the board. Their problem has been allowing points. They've again. They've returned three starters who all can put the ball uh, in the basket, and and again, coach thinks he's got a really deep group, and they bring a couple kids off the bench that can really shoot it. I think you're right. I think transition defense is a, is a, has been an issue for them at times, and then uh, valuing the basketball. I think sometimes turnovers bite them a little bit, especially late in close games, and 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 teams are able to to kind of get them in the end. But we will have to be locked in defensively because they do have guys that can really score it.
Ironically, they're zero and five at home and two and three on the road this year. So, and uh, four and five in neutral side games. So they've done better when they've been out of, out of their own gym. So we'll see what happens on Friday. It is a busy, busy night on Friday at Wynn Gymnasium. Uh, the games are reversed, so you're actually going to play first on Friday, at least as far as the varsity is concerned. Beginning at six thirty, boy, a girls game afterwards at about eight. Uh, so uh, you've done this from time to time. So it's always used on court warming night, obviously. But uh, does that throw your rhythm off at all? I think it could, Mike, but I think these guys, I think our group uh, will will approach it as business as usual. Um, you know, the, the coronation stuff will be right before our game. And then with there being so much on the, the slate with, with coronation and, and then you add in a whole slew of Wall of Fame inductions, I think it might be better to just get to work early, so to speak, and then and, and, and hop right into battle because I think if we were to sit around for – three plus hours before playing that that might be something that, that could cause us to go stale just a little bit so um you know it's not ideal to get thrown out of your routine uh, and it's a little different scenario for us but i think it's one we're going to make the best of and I, I i think we'll come out really ready to to get after it speaking of being thrown out of routine at the time we're recording this on wednesday morning we're sitting here watching it snow at this point you don't know if you're gonna be able to practice today or not uh of course that decision will be a, have been made by the time this airs but you don't know yet when we're recording and of course uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens uh, with tomorrow so uh, how concerned are you about that and getting ready for friday it's nice that there's two days in between uh, games here, and our administration does a great job of putting safety first for our student athletes. And you know, while you and I both kind of, I think, enjoy getting out on on when when the, there's some weather and, and it's a and, personal challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Coach Tally many times will. If there's a storm, you know, within a couple hours' drive, sometimes he'll just head that way, <laughs> just just to experience it. But when you're dealing with teenage drivers, you, you've got to really put safety first, and, and we do that. And to me, with the snowfall coming down the way it is, I'd say there's a good chance we may not practice uh, today. And you know, we get to this point in the season, and I don't think that rest is a bad thing, and and, and saving our legs a little bit. And then you know, I think we should probably have a decent opportunity to get at least a short practice in on Thursday to prepare for this Cassville uh, group. And um, if, if, if we were to not, if, if it were to happen to where we couldn't practice, I think we could come in Friday after school and then get the necessary preparations in. And, um, you know, I, I know our parents have a nice team meal plan for us this <laughs> week that we're trying to get in. The parents are smoking some uh, pulled pork and chicken. So I'd oh, say wow. the, the boys are probably as excited about, getting to eat that meal as they are getting some practice in. So uh, regardless of what happens, we'll make the best of it, and I think we'll be ready to play on Friday. No game first uh, first half of next week. Uh, you have a week off from game action after Friday until you make the trip to Anderson to McDonald County. So what will your focus be now on the first half of the week when you actually have extended time in the gym before you play again? When it gets down to this point in the season, Mike, we like to, to let the guys have a, a senior practice where our seniors plan the practice, and it's – you know, sometimes we as coaches have to grit our teeth just a little bit because it's not always what we would consider productive. But it is productive in the sense that it's good for team chemistry. It's good for morale. We'll probably work that in early in the week next week, um, depending on how Friday goes and kind of where we think our guys are from a conditioning standpoint. We may take a day off uh, again to, to make sure that we're well rested. You know, and then Wednesday and Thursday, back to business as usual, get ready for the Mustangs. They're an improved group. Uh, they're they're a group that's got a lot of size and athleticism, and, and they're a team that, and we'll talk more about this next mm-hmm. Wednesday. But they've gotten some wins that I don't think people early in the season or, or going into the season would have expected them to get. 
Uh, they've got like a six seven six. Well, actually, I think he's listed at six nine. Mm-hmm. A really, really a big kid. So they'll present some unique challenges. So uh, next next week we'll just uh, we'll prepare for that and uh, hopefully get to work and continue to get better going into these last few weeks. Yeah, we'll look forward to that conversation next Wednesday and hopefully next Wednesday as well. We'll have a fairly clear picture as to the situation for the Big A crossover game, which will be the following Tuesday, and, uh, and maybe you know we'll know the scenarios anyway for that final Friday before the crossover game. Of course, Nevada still hoping that uh, they can get some help. East Newton drop a couple of games and get that Big 8 West division. If they only lose one, then uh, they have the head-to-head tiebreaker over Nevada, obviously, and uh, but we'll have to wait and see how it shakes out. We were talking before going on air about that East division. Uh, how do you see that at this point in that east at least before we talk about it next week there's there's kind of two halves over there on that side you've got mount vernon logan rogersville and springfield catholic kind of at the top and then who, who have had successful seasons they have, i think they've all got 12 14 15 wins on the year and then the bottom half hollister marshfield reed springs um have have struggled just just a little bit this year Right now, Mount Vernon, I think, is undefeated in conference. They have a win over Logan Rogersville, who just has the one loss in conference. And then Mount Mount Vernon just has one loss in conference. They just lost last night to Logan Rogersville. I believe that Mount Vernon and Springfield Catholics still have, have, have a game yet to play. So much like our side of the conference, there's still a little bit to be decided. Um, you know, I'll say this, I think, Nevada basketball fans need to be Lamar fans, I think, here going into next week. <laughs> and Lamar could win that game. Lamar getting that win would be big force against East Newton. And then I think Seneca, who has a good ball club, and then who they're looking to potentially, and I don't know for sure, get the, the Yust kid back for them, which would give them a shot in the arm. Um, you know, we, we would really be pulling for those two teams against mm-hmm. East Newton in the next week. And regardless of who we get matched up with on the other side, uh, Mount Vernon, Logan Rogersville, Springfield Catholic – it's going to be really a high-quality ball club that we'll be excited to get to play on our home floor this year and uh, will be a game that will will test us and make us better going into postseason play. All right, look forward to the matchup. Also, by the way, there's been a schedule change you probably should know about. Uh, it came out in the last few days uh, because apparently the Class 4 uh, District 13 tournament is going to start on a Saturday, on the 29th of February. The uh, games against Kansas City Center have been moved up one day. Now from the 28th to the 27th of February, it will be played on that Thursday night. So uh, that's a schedule change for Nevada. You want to make, made, make note of Kansas City Center now Thursday, February 27th, not Friday the 28th. Of course, you're certainly hoping to have one of those buys. So you don't have to worry about Saturday. Yeah, you never know how that will shake out, but it's, it's a good idea to make sure that you're not playing back-to-back. And We like that center game late in the year because it's a game against a, a high-quality opponent that plays a style of basketball that we'll have to prepare for in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's a good idea to move it to Thursday, and uh, when that when that game comes, uh, it should be a good one. I saw Warrensburg uh, came back and uh, beat um, Grandview Christian. I left there at Clinton the other night. Grandview Christian was handling them pretty well, and then Warrensburg came back and won that game. Warrensburg's got a quality squad that I think struggled early that's getting better. Harrisonville's got a pretty good team. So uh, I think the hard district is loaded and tough. Mm. And you talk about the Ruskins and the Grandviews of the world, but there are quality teams all throughout it. So it should be a good district tournament. Yeah, we're going to look forward to talking about that in the next couple of weeks. We wish you the best of luck Friday night to get home against Cassville. And uh, we'll see you there and see you back here next Wednesday. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Mike. Nevada Tiger head coach Sean Gray will come back and wrestling's on the agenda with Tony Abadie and head coach David Hawks after this timeout on Tiger Talk.